What's going on? I'm your host, Richard Powell. This is another episode of Alumni Sports. Appreciate you tuning in. This is week 15 recap for the Navy and Army game, the only game of the week for college football. We'll get into some college basketball a little bit also, but let's go ahead and talk about the Navy game. So Navy was a two and a half point favorite. I figured two and a half, I'll take it. Over under 32, but Army ended up winning. So Army won 20 to 17. Navy was definitely the better team, but the better team doesn't always win. So this was the first overtime game, yet alone second overtime game in any of the matchups. So out of 123 matchups, and let's go into the stats real quick. Xavier Arline was one for one on throwing. It's Navy. They never throw. But Grant, he's only had 11 attempts this entire year. So it's pretty wild. But he was one for one, 25 yards. Did have a touchdown. So that's neat. But he also led Navy in rushing with 28 carries at 102 yards. The triple option ran team. And then Mikhail Haywood was the recipient of the one touchdown pass, which was the 25-yarder. And that was the one play, one drive in overtime for Navy, the first one. Now for Army, Cade Ballard was 2 for 10, 28 yards. Not a good performance either. Uh, well, granted, Navy only threw it once. It was 1 for 1, 100% completion percentage. But 2 for 10 is not going to do it. There was a questionable pass interference call that was underthrown. But it was called. That made a difference too on a, you know, on a first down for them late in the game. And then Thayer Tyler, 23 carries, 62 yards for Army. And Brahim Murphy, two catches for 28 yards. Now, the ultimate deciding factor of this game was the one turnover. And that one turnover was by Navy in the second overtime. So they're running up three or four-yard gain on the one-yard line. Second overtime, Navy has the ball first. Fumbled on, on the one-yard line. Army recovered. Essentially, at that point, it was essentially game. Army's ran the ball. Figured set it up a field goal kick, 38-39 yarder. Only way it was ever going to go to third overtime was a miss, but Army ended up making it. So, again, that score was 20-17. So, Army beat the spread, won the game outright. Congrats to them. But within the game, I mean, the first touchdown didn't happen until a minute left in the second quarter on a block punt. So, that doesn't – it didn't count as a turnover – on uh, you know the game cast or whatnot, but essentially it kind of is. So if you count that, and they really had two turnovers in a way, the one fumbled and the one touchdown off a block punt. But other than that, Army only had 153 total yards rushing, or actually total yards in general, versus Navy's 284 yards. But Navy had that turnover along with a special teams error, ended up losing the game. So Army now has won five of the last seven matchups. But prior to that, Navy won 14 in a row. So now we're getting a little in between, back and forth, more competitive compared to you know over a decade ago. But one, one interesting thing, Navy's coach, Coach Ken, he will not be back in 2023, as it was just announced. So he ends up the all-time winningest coach at 109 wins and 83 losses, 83 losses in 15 years after Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson's a great coach, too. Ran the triple option and brought to Georgia Tech afterwards for the ACC move. That was, of course, years ago. And then within Navy's record with her coach, Ken, they had three double-digit winning seasons, one in 09, 2015, and 2019. So it'll be interesting to see who is going to get that next position. Navy and Army, the military schools, obviously is a lot of 
a lot of big uh, credibility to the schools also with everything behind the scenes, behind the football uh, field. But it is a tougher environment to recruit as is Division One. but they typically don't get the best Division One teams or not teams, but players. And a lot of times they're really like D2, D3 players that ended up playing D1 just to have the title, but also the recognition of being within, you know, West Point and Navy and all that. So great schools and all that, but it's definitely a hard place to recruit and to win at. So if you can do that, pretty interesting. Army is independent right now. Navy is an American conference. So we'll see how that moves forward. You know, Army, they ended up six and six after the win, but they're not even going to a bowl game as they've at least had two FCS wins. And uh, I mean that they say so they don't they don't really count that you gotta have seven wins at that point in time, but anyways so like I said Navy minus two and a half did not hit, but let's go talk about some college basketball in a little bit. So one interesting thing I know a lot of people probably saw on the internet the one arm player Hansel Emmanuel in high school down in Florida, he scored his first points for Northwestern State was a layup from out in the three-point line, drove it in, did a nice little Euro, but also he had a slam dunk, so that's pretty neat too, after a, a missed free throw by by himself. So I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but he is a one-armed basketball player, but naturally he did have both arms. So what happened was he is from the Dominican Republic originally before coming to Florida in high school, but at age six, a pile of cinder blocks fell on his arm and – the doctors just said it was so severe that they had to amputate his arm. I do wonder if maybe that was because it's a, you know, Dominican Republic doctors are saying that, but was it just so severe that it wouldn't matter where, whether he was in the U S or not, if they could have done something, but yes, that's how it happened. But yes, you got one arm Hooper out there. So pretty neat. See what happens. And other than that. So, I mean, I think it's like their eighth, ninth game. So we'll see how it goes, but he is a freshman. So he'll have a lot more years playing also but now with college basketball over the weekend there was a few upsets so memphis beat number 11 auburn st mary's beat number 22 san diego state byu beat number 21 creighton for creighton slimmer unc that was their fourth straight loss of the year and they started as a top 10 team so again kind of like similar to football you started finding teams who more of a pretender or just don't have their stuff right at the moment and, you know, obviously you start weeding out the teams that should be, you know, within that top 10 or ranked teams in general. So Crayon be unranked, but UNC also did beat Georgia Tech. So congrats to them that, on that too. So the losing streak lost. But anyways, another ranked matchup upset was Penn State beat number 17, Illinois. So both teams are now 7-3. Illinois probably ranked. We'll see what Penn State, if they move up in the, those rankings. But the biggest game was definitely Alabama number eight versus number one Houston. Now the game was at Houston. Houston was up 15 in the second half, but ended up still losing. So the score was 71 to 65. Alabama won that game. It was at Houston also, but this is the first time, well, not first time, but the first team with multiple number one victories before the new year since Duke in 1965 and 1966 season. So Alabama at the time beat number one UNC in fourth overtime, and now they beat number one Houston. Now, again, Houston was up 15 in the second half. They just, you know, just, I mean, Houston had 23% three-point percentage. 
Bama had 27 bench points. That was more than what Houston brought in. And they also out rebounded Houston 44-39. So marquee win for Nate Oates again for the Alabama program, but also a potential, which was a potential resume builder for the tournament for, you know, Coach Sampson ended up being squandered. Now Alabama's an SEC. SEC is more of a is or at least is a better conference than the American in basketball. Granted, Houston will be in the Big 12 next year, so that helped their resume also. But let's keep that in mind moving forward. Now, Houston has played some decent teams, but the time when they played a top-10 team, they lost on a 15-point lead. But at least they weren't losing by a 15. So if they ever play back later in the year, all I got to do is just stir up some things, shoot a little bit better, prevent some turnovers, and they'll come out victorious. But... Yeah, so that's really all I had. It was going to be a short podcast anyways, one one college football game and a few college basketball. We'll be diving more into college basketball once the football season ends. But I do want some feedback, so I am planning on doing a college football bowl bracket and just a little bit of entry, you know, maybe 10 to $15, whatever. But obviously, whoever predicts the most outright wins within all the bowls, I think there's 41 bowls total, and obviously you got the playoffs, so – Whoever predicts that the most accurate wins will win the pot. So let me know what you think on that, but definitely just try to do a little something different and definitely be pretty interesting. And definitely when that 12 team playoff bracket comes, not next year, the year after, that'll definitely be even more interesting. So kind of like a March Madness vibe in a little bit, I'm getting. But other than that, appreciate y'all tuning in. Next week, we'll talk a little bit more also and probably more basketball. But then, by on the 16th the bowl game start running so you know be real interesting and seeing what goes on through that so appreciate it very much y'all have a great rest of the week and always stay safe appreciate it talk soon